Hey everybody, it's your girl, your sis, your host, Cheryl Shoemake, and this is the Stepmom Sanity Podcast. The mic is hot, so let's get started. Hey there, Stepmom Sanity family. How are you doing? It has been a while since we've chatted, I know, and I sure have missed you all. I took off the end of December to enjoy the holiday season with family and to prepare for the book launch. It's always all these last minute details. They get you at the end, right? Kayla's birthday, Kayla, as you all know, if you've been listening for a while, Kayla's my bio daughter. Her birthday is January 1st. So we celebrated that, of course, right in the middle or at the end of the holiday season. And the book launch was in mid-January. So it's been kind of a whirlwind season for me. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a break from podcasting and from blogging for these weeks, just to make sure that um, I wasn't trying to rush and and do something just for the sake of doing something. I always believe in giving you my very best. You know, I'm still learning, still growing, but the best that I can do. And um, And so I know that I would not have been able to do that, trying to fit it in in the middle of all of that. Plus, at the book launch, which was January 16th, um, my family and a couple of uh, members from the team, they had a celebration afterwards after we did everything online. And during that book launch, my oldest um, bonus daughter walked outside to her car to get something and broke her ankle in three places. Can you believe it? And see, she had surgery almost two weeks ago. It'd be two weeks on Tuesday. And um, so we've had that to deal with as well. So it really, truly, honestly has just been a whirlwind for me. Although I've been off from podcasting and blogging, I haven't been off from life, right? Life just has a way of getting in the way of living is what what I always say. I hope that you have been doing well, that you had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas season, that you had a good New Year's celebration with the family members that you could celebrate with. COVID is still here. We're still in that season. So I know this is not, this was not the typical celebrations that we would have, but I'm hoping that you were able to to connect, to find ways to connect. We did, I did a Zoom with my extended family in Austin on my mother's side and also with my extended family on my dad's side. My grandmother on my dad's side will be 101 this year and we were able to have Christmas on Zoom with her on on Christmas Day, a little bit later in the day. So that was really special. You know, you you want to kind of at a hundred years old, you need to grab up as much time with the people with people as you can, right? So we were really excited to be able to do that. We didn't think we were going to be able to at all. There just a glitch with the technology. And then we were able to get it in. And so we were pretty excited about that to be able to do that with her. So we are trying to find ways to connect as well. Well, I just wanted to kind of step into your world and say hello to you, first of all, and also talk to you a little bit about the new book. So the book is called Waiting to be Wanted, A Stepmom's Guide to Loving Before Being Loved. And I wrote this book because, you know, there is just a huge gap between what you expect when you say I do and what you can sometimes experience in your blended families. And 
most of life is is done in that gap, right? In the chasm between what we have and what we want. But God still wants us to flourish and thrive in those gaps, even though it may seem a little perilous. It may seem a little heartrending at times. There is still great opportunity for us to flourish, to thrive, to rock our roles as bonus moms. And so I wrote Waiting to be Wanted to help you on your journey, to strengthen you, to give you, I don't want to say a roadmap because I, w- I always say that Waiting to be Wanted is more a why to than a how to. So I don't want to say a roadmap, but I definitely use biblical truth and practical advice and some personal anecdotes as your compass. How about that? As your compass um, to escort you across that chasm, you know, over over roads that are, as I always say, potholed by chaotic blended family dynamics. My my desire is that you are refreshed for your journey um, by refocusing not on the experience of being in a blended family, but on the on God's desire, on God's why for you in, in blend in being in a blended family, um, and really focusing your your heart on God's power and His ability to and His love to break through to heal hearts and to comfort and strengthen you um, in those moments when you don't feel. Um, you don't feel like doing it. You don't feel like you can do it. You don't feel strong enough to to go another day, to endure another moment. And, and also his ability to transform relationships because he really, he really can do it. I've watched him do it in my own life and in the lives of others. And he is no respecter of person, honey. If he did it for me, he certainly will do it for you. I my It is my desire that you all um, that you all, anyone who reads this book, that they find hope and they find grace and they find courage, really a lot of courage to, to keep loving while they wait to be loved. I, I want the stepmom who picks this book up um, wondering, can I do this? Did I make a mistake? Um, am, are we going to be able to make it? I want you to hear, yes, you can do this. No, you didn't make a mistake. And Yes, you all will make, you will make it. Not can you make it, but you will make it because God is for you. God is for you. So we, that is out. The book is out now and I'm really excited about it. Um, But, you know, and the book is kind of based on some things that I learned while I was waiting myself to be wanted. While I was traveling the road between being somebody who's endured to being somebody who's enjoyed. Right. And sometimes that's a very, 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 very long road. But I learned something. I learned a few things, actually. You know, I didn't realize how much I didn't know until. And isn't that the case? Like the older you get, the more you realize you don't know. I I think that wisdom is part of understanding that our that our uh, intelligence is very limited and we really have to rely on someone more someone who's infinite, someone's wisdom, who whose wisdom never runs dry, right? Who can, we can always lean on. We can always call upon. And that's the Lord, right? I am learning that the older I get, the less I know. And I'm okay with it. It used to be, I would be embarrassed to say, well, I don't know how to do that. Or why, why can't I get this together? Or this isn't making sense to me. Why isn't it working? I, I would be embarrassed to you know, kind of be open with my 
about my inadequacies. Not so much anymore. I really don't care. I really don't care. It's okay to be inadequate. It's okay to admit your weakness. You know, I found that our weaknesses are just the perfect page upon, it's just a blank page upon which God writes his strength. He writes his strength on our weakness so that when I show up in my weakened state, he promises to bring his strength to bear in my life and his grace, his ability to do in and through me what I can't do on my own. So so it's okay to say you don't know it, that you don't know it all, that you know little, know nothing, <laughs> whatever it is. It really is okay to say those things. But a few of the things I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, a few of the things that I learned on the way to being wanted. We're going to kind of spend some time in the book over the next, I would say, maybe a couple of months. We're going to spend a little bit of time um, in the book. We're also going to have some other podcasts. So I will be actually podcasting a little bit more frequently than I had been in the last season. We are now season two. This is episode one of season two. And I will be doing some special podcasts because we want to, you know, we want to be talking to you about things that matter and also talking to you about some, about this particular resource as well. So as, as a matter of fact, I hope that you listened on Friday. If you hit, if you haven't go back and listen to that conversation, I was hanging out with Tammy J of Stepmom Goals. And uh, we were talking about it being pre-Valentine's Day. We were talking about face-to-face you know, chatting about intimacy. How how do we cultivate intimacy in a blended family? It can be so difficult for blended family couples to find the space to develop an, a close and connected marriage when you have all of the pulls of family life around you, plus all of the dynamics of blended life around you. And for those of you who are recently married, you also have the addition of COVID to deal with as well. So, and all the pressures that that may be bringing into your life as well. So it can be a little difficult for blended families. And we wanted to talk about it prior to Valentine's Day. So that we dropped that one on Friday. That's one of the special podcasts that we'll be doing from time to time. We have another one that will be coming up really soon. I'm excited about it. It's called Before You Step. And we are going to talk to women who are dating men, um, seriously dating men with children, the prospect of being married. We're also going to talk to some women who have recently married men with children and um, just kind of talk about a little bit what I wish I knew before, you know, before I stepped, before I, before I moved into, I stepped into a blended family. What did I, what I wish someone would have told me, what support I wish I would have had early on. And also some of the, you know, I've been married now for 13 years. So some of those challenges I forget from time to time and I want to stay relevant as well. And so we're going to talk to some women who are just across the board on the spectrum from dating a man with children, with the prospect of being married, to being engaged to one, to being married um, for a short period of time, and then, like myself, a longer period of time, and maybe someone who's been married a long, a little bit longer than I have as well. So, so that's coming up as well. But today, we are going to talk a little bit about just some of the things that I learned on the way to being loved. How how I learned how to wait a little bit, and you know, I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know about you, but 
I I find sometimes following Jesus Christ, being a Christian, being someone who is not just a Christian in name, but really committed to living their life in a way that honors God, that glorifies God, that um, that lives his name, that um, that draws other people to him. At least that's my hope anyways, that draws other people to him. They can be a little bit tyrannical to my flesh, to the things that I really, really want to do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I just, I want to go off. Sometimes I, you know, I want to yell, I want to scream, I want to do my own thing, not take anybody else's feelings into consideration, none of that. But none of that is Christ-like, right? So I'm telling you, following Jesus sometimes can feel, well, you got to kill your flesh. You got to beat that thing down. So, and it doesn't like it all all the time. And, and you know, you, I just don't rarely, I mean, I can step outside, right? But then I immediately get that conviction from the Holy Spirit. I can react to the craziness of, of people and family life and all that other stuff around me. Um, but I can't do it without that twinge of conviction from the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I, I have, I'll be honest, I will admit, I have from time to time overridden that conviction, but life is just so much easier when we follow God's leading, no matter how hard doing so may be on the pride or on the ego. And, and my pride and my ego both have taken a beating in a good way, in a good way, because we die, we decrease, he increases. It's less of us, more of Jesus, right? But I, you know, haven't you found for those of you who are really aware of this kingdom dynamic, haven't you found that the more you die to yourself, that the more you come alive to the person God intended you to be anyways, it is just an amazing paradox. You know, this this whole upside down kingdom living thing is just amazing to me, um, how it just yields so much peace and joy in the middle of crazy circumstances and righteousness and love and so on and so forth. But I, But dying to yourself, killing those urges and, and laying those things down that would cause harm to others, that would not show the love of Christ, that would not, that's coming from a place of, um, of ambition and pride and ego and envy and so on and so forth. Just killing that stuff really causes you to come alive in a way that is amazing. I, I, I have found that to be true in my own life. And, and I really, I really do um, enjoy the end result. It's the process, y'all. It's the process that I don't, that I'm not too fond of. I don't know about you, but I am not too fond of, I feel like Paul sometimes, you know, the good that I want to do, I, I can't do, but the, the evil I want to do, is just all around me. I can do that with great ease. And it's just so much easier to just give in, right? Sometimes, but the outcome is horrible. It's that process, you all, that of dying to self that I want to avoid at all costs, but we can't, right? So in any case, you know, I, I just, I learned that there are these restrictions that are on us that really benefit us. You know, we don't often feel like nobody wants to be restricted. I mean, nobody wants to be told you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. And it's not so much, let me change my language a little bit, because it's not even really that you have to, it's that you get to do the things 
that magnify the Lord in your life. And that there is a cause and effect. The more you do that, the more you're going to do the things that diminish your flesh and diminish your own ego and pride and so on and so forth in your life. But the trade-off is worth it. You know, the, the old folks used to say the juice is worth the squeeze. The juice is, is so sweet. It's worth the squeeze that you got to go through to get it, right? But, you know, we're not just not, <laughs> you're so headstrong sometimes. You know, I had this, we had this dog, um, Sarah Patches. She was part of our family for about 15 years before we had to put her down. And um, she was just this big, beautiful, muscly bundle of cuddles and ridiculousness. We used to call her noodle head because she, she just did some noodle head things. Smart. Her, her antics just became the stuff of family legend, you know, like, um, she once snuck a, a banana out of Kayla's backpack. Kayla would come in the house and throw her backpack on the floor and, uh, or on the couch. And she would, she once snuck a banana out of Kayla's backpack, peeled the banana and left the an intact peel on the couch. I thought Kayla had came home and put a banana on the couch. And I was, Kayla, did you put this? Ba-? And it's a white couch too. Kayla, did you put this banana on my white couch? No, what are you talking about, mom? I did. She was someplace else in the house, I think upstairs or something. No, mom, I didn't do that. And I go into the kitchen and there's the dog eating the banana. And <laughs> I'm looking at her like, how'd you, how, first of all, how'd you peel the banana? And how did you peel it so well that it still looked like it was intact? She was just, she was huge. She was zany. She was smart. She was so smart that she flunked obedience school twice, two times, not once, but twice. She has that distinction, right? And not because she didn't understand the commands. She just didn't want to follow them. She just did not want to follow the commands at all. Every time, every time we threatened her with like sleeping in her cage, we would say, Sarah, cage up or something like that. She's all of a sudden, she will remember how to sit, how to stay, how to get off, how to lay down, how to stop. How to, she would remember what to do when we threatened her with sleeping in her cage. Um, she did not like the cage at all. So it wasn't that she didn't know the command. She just honestly did not want to do it. And unfortunately, we let her get away with it for far too long. And like many, many headstrong creatures, Sarah, she had a bit of wanderlust. She just wanted to go her own way. Like, many of us do. Um, quite a few neighbors would knock on our door at all odd, at odd hours with this. And she was just so friendly. She was like this huge black lab, just so friendly, um, about a hundred pounds and all muscle. And she was just this, you know, she would just be wagging her tail. <laughs> like, look at me, aren't I clever? Um, and neighbors would be dragging her home at all kinds of nights, at all times of night. And she had this big goofy grin and we could not, I could not figure out for the life of me how she kept getting out of our fenced backyard. And then one day I figured it out. And when we come back, we're going to take a quick break right now. And when I come back, we, I'm going to tell you, finish up the story of Sarah, tell you what that has to do with the book, and then tell you some of the things that I learned. We'll be back right after this. (laughs) 
everybody. This is Cheryl, and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to visit us at stepmomsanity.com. Become a member and enjoy discounts on our merchandise, our retreats and conferences, our books, and so much more. Also, as a member, you'll get exclusive access to our quarterly We're Better Together virtual gatherings, our webinars by experts in every area from estate planning to fun vacays with your family. You'll also get access to free downloads, our prayer gatherings, and so much more. Membership is free, but it's not cheap. What you waiting for? Join us on the journey. Hey there. Thank you so much for sticking around and um, hanging out with me a little bit further. I really appreciate it. We were talking a little bit before the break about my dog, Sarah. So anyways, I couldn't figure out how she was getting out the backyard. And one day I spied Sarah nosing the latch on the gate. And just as she made her way through the open gate, I rushed out the sunroom and grabbed her collar, right? And so we had to find something to put in the the latch in that little hole that would prevent her, you know, and we didn't want to do a padlock, but something that would prevent her from nosing that latch up and getting out. So we found a railroad spike and we started sticking it in in the gate, in the latch rather, so that she couldn't get through, she couldn't move it. And and since our, at the time, the house we lived in, the utility meters were in the backyard, we made sure that the meter readers knew, okay, replace the spike when you, when you leave the gate, because we let our dog out through the doggy door, she will be outside running around the backyard and all of a sudden like gone. So <laughs> make sure you replace that spike and one day we had a substitute meter reader who did not know about um, replacing the railroad spike. So by that evening, Sarah was on the run. She was gone. Uh, she just, she waited for the opportunity. It was like she, she saw the spike wasn't there and because we had been doing this now for months. So she knew she could not get out of the latch and get out of the gate anymore. But the mo- the very day we had a substitute meter reader who forgot to put that railroad spike back in that latch, she she made a beeline for the gate and she was on the run. It took us two weeks to find her and she was holed up at some home five miles away on the couch, thankfully with some nice people. Thankfully. And and we it's a whole nother story how we found her, but we found her two weeks later sitting on somebody's couch. <laughs> oh my goodness. She just she just did not like being confined to the backyard, but we knew, we knew like of the possible dangers that awaited her outside of the safety of the fence. You know, um, not only, you know, the Humane Society could come by, our dog catcher or whatever could come by and pick her up. There were other animals. We lived in a, a city that had a lot of wildlife, um, so deer, coyote. I mean, there's all that, all of that you know, was around as well. She could have gotten lost, gotten hit by a car, anything could have happened. But to her, the backyard was oppressive. She she didn't like it because she couldn't do what she wanted to do, right? And and regardless of the impact, and she and she wanted to do what she wanted to do, regardless of the impact that it was going to have on us or or the danger that she was putting herself in. So she just kept pushing at the limits until an opportunity to break free presented itself. And, you know, that's often how we are. We just keep pushing at the limits until the opportunity to do what we want presents presents itself. And, but, you know, I'm telling you, but for God's mercy, self-serving freedom, it usually ends 
with ramifications and outcomes that we really don't want. You know, loving before being loved, it just places restrictions on my instinct to protect myself from being hurt or defend myself against misjudgment or react to the thoughtless actions and thoughtless words of others. You know, Jesus says, be patient when my wandering heart just wants to lash out or he instructs me to forgive the 10th insult of the day. And I'm, I'm still dealing with the first one. I'm still trying to get over the sting of the first one. So I, I in order to do what I want to do, I have to step outside the fence and, and I don't want to because acting without regard to the impacts on the people around me, like Sarah, or the danger to my soul within me is costly. And, you know, freedom ain't free if it leads to bondage. I'm going to say that again. Freedom is not free if it leads to bondage. So we have to be careful about just doing things willy-nilly or reacting in situations or reacting to people instead of responding. When, um, when waiting to be wanted, and I'm talking to, of course, you know, stepmoms, of course, you know, we are challenged to remain tenderhearted and thick skinned. It, it's going to be, we want to keep our hearts open, but we're going to have to have very thick skin. We are challenged to be kind, to be gentle and trusting while we are being rejected, dismissed and overwhelmed. And, and the only way, the absolutely only way that I know of that to love and wait well under these circumstances is to keep my heart fixed on Jesus. That's the only way I know how to do this and to do it with any kind of grace, any kind of peace, any kind of rest. Is it easy? Girl, no, it's not easy. Not at all. Is it doable? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because God's called us to it and he will never call us to something that he will not equip us to do. Are we able to do it in our own strength? No. So we cannot rely on ourselves to figure it out. We have got to rely on the Lord. We've got to rely on his spirit. We've got to keep our hearts fixed on Jesus. It's an absolute must if we are going to, if we're going to wait well, because, you know, Christ-centered stepmothering, Christ-centered stepmothering invites constriction. It, it just, it like lays out the welcome mat, opens the door, says, come on in. I got some tea. Let's sit on down. It invites constriction. But again, again, the juice is worth the squeeze. It really is. I, I want the joy. I do. I want the joy of pleasing God. I want the thrill of becoming more like Jesus. I, I want to be able to look in the mirror and see the reflection of my savior in my face in, in greater relief than tomorrow than I do today. Um, and I want the contentment that I find resting in his ability to change hearts. I want all of that more than I want the momentary pleasure of screaming, of reacting, of saying things that I know is going to hurt or is going to escalate conflict, of doing things my way. You know, in, in this kind of topsy-turvy, upside-down lifestyle that is living in the kingdom of God, you know, Christ-likeness is an invitation to die to self. It just, that's all it is. Straight, no chaser. Um, but again, like I said before, when we die to self, we come alive to the best us possible. When I, when I lay Cheryl down and I say, it's not I, but it's Christ who lives in me, what, what gets up? Who gets up is the best Cheryl possible. 
it is it is a fuller realization of who God sees when he looks at me. Isn't that amazing? That is just, that just blows my mind. That me saying no to my flesh, me saying no to strife, me saying no to ambition, me saying no to being provocative in my, uh, in the way that I, you know, trying to invoke some kind of adverse reaction in the other person, me saying no to those things um, and praying and blessing and seeking God that it releases me to, to become the very best version of myself. It really does. And we think some, and sometimes we think that doing all of those other things is I, I'm taking care of myself. I'm defending myself. I'm, no, you're not really. What you're really doing is you're just spinning and spewing more conflict. That's, that's all that's going on. You are creating, you are adding wind to the whirlwind instead of stepping back and saying, I'm not going to be a participant in this. I, I'm going to protect my peace by not getting involved in this, this way. I'm going to, I'm going to do this God's way because God told me that when a man, when I please him, that he makes even my enemies be at peace with me. And these people aren't my enemies. They're my family. They are my family. You know, I tell you, loving, um, loving before being loved, it will bless your spiritual formation in amazing ways. It just will. It absolutely will. Loving before being loved kind of prompts a receptivity to the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts because we know that we can't do it on our own. So we're just, we're standing at the ready, like, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do through me today? What do you want to do in me today? What do you want to change today? How, how can I, how can I cooperate with, with the work that you're doing in me and in my family? You know, it just makes us receptive to, to his work. As we wait, as we wait his way, he plants, he waters, and he grows his fruit, his fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control and self-control. That's a fruit, self-control. You know, he leads as we wait. He comforts as we wait. He encourages us and he strengthens us as we wait. All of that becomes available in the waiting. There's a line that I wrote in the book. I think I may have said it before. I don't know if you're a frequent listener, maybe you've heard it. God meets us in the waiting. And while there, he teaches us how to love children who act out of hurtful, who act out of hurt without absorbing the pain of their hurtful actions. Isn't that something that we actually can love people, love our children, our bonus children, without absorbing the pain of their hurtful actions? And it may, it may sting a little bit, but it just, just may be that sting that we deal with and then we can move on. Really loving when we begin to love like God loves. And he teaches us how, he shows us how, and his spirit does the work in us so that we can do it. Um, that's what happens. It's almost like a buffer, a barrier comes around. Not everything is, is flittered away or filtered out, but the sting is lessened and we don't have to, we don't have to absorb those things. As a matter of fact, we want, I learned about God meeting in the waiting from a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. I can't tell you how she learned. That's her story to tell. But um, when she shared that with me years ago, it, it just stuck in my heart. 
And I have never lost that. God meets me in the waiting, in the moments where I feel I'm in between. I'm not, it's not what I, what I want yet. And we're, we're in the gap. We're in the chasm. God meets me right there in the gap. I don't have to wait until then to be met and to be fulfilled and to have my longing satisfied for validation and for worth. And nope, God meets me. He takes care of all of that in the waiting, in the waiting. He does all of that, you know, and, and I know it can, it can seem like too good to be true, but the fact that you belong to him, the fact that you are a blood-bought, blood-washed daughter of the most high God, the fact that he lives in you is the guarantee of a finished and complete work. The, it, you, the fact that you know him is the guarantee that the work he's begun in you, he is going to complete. He is going to finish it, girl. That is something to rejoice about. That is something to rejoice about. You know, he points us to Christ. He keeps us always pointed. The Holy Spirit keeps us always pointed to Jesus. And then he uses us to point others to Christ. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit, then he dis, He dispenses the love of God into our hearts and he causes it to overflow into the lives of others. We don't even have to do the heavy lifting, y'all. We don't. He does all of the heavy lifting. He does all of the working through the work. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, you know what happens? Not only are, is, is your own spiritual formation blessed by loving before being loved and by waiting well, but you become the catalyst through which your family is blessed. Try, I am, trust me on this. I have watched it in my own family. You become the catalyst through which your family is blessed. They People who... who don't want anything to do with you now, <laughs> they will come to you and ask you to pray for them. They will come to you and want to talk to you. They will seek out, they will seek out your counsel. They will see your consistency and know that you love them. But let me tell you this, even if they don't, because I can't, we can't guarantee that. We can't guarantee every heart's going to turn. Even if they don't, your father sees you. And he still will bless your family through them. And they might not ever know it, but your father knows it. And you are storing up and laying up treasures in heaven that moths can't get in and destroy, rust can't destroy, thieves can't take away. Girl, you are laying up some some jewels for your crown that is going to bling forever. You, you got some bling coming. So even if they don't turn, your daddy sees you and he will reward you. Trust me, he will reward you. You know, I know that, um, you know, I know that waiting is complicated. It's just this jumbled up process in which you're okay one moment and you're kind of triggered into melt meltdown the next moment, right? There's just no, the concept of waiting is simple, right? It's just the interval between what we want and what we have or what we have and what we want, right? Clear, easy, understandable, but waiting is messy, in the application. It is so messy. It doesn't come in this neat package tied up with a bow. Mm -mm. Nope. There are stages without sequence. You know, there are, you are okay. You are in one stage this moment, you don't backtrack to 
five stages ago, the next moment, you know, that one stage doesn't mastery at one place doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get to the next place. None of the, none of this is, is uh, easy or linear in its application. We need the Lord as we, as we walk this road, we just need him. We need him as we wait. We need his help to survive the in-between and, and thank God we have it. We have his help. So we can not just survive the in-between, but we can thrive in the in-between. You know, there's a chapter in the book called Playing the Waiting Game. And it talks a little bit about the stages to waiting. And, and you know, the stages go from like hope and fantasizing. I, I listed, I think I want to say about 10 stages from hope, fantasizing, doubting, all the way up to resentment, anger, self-pity, um, and then eventually relief. Right. And relief isn't doesn't mean that what you want has occurred. But what relief is relief is when you have given your when you have given what you're waiting for up to the father and you really trust him with it, trust him with it to the point that you are at peace. You are at peace. And that's what God wants to give you. He wants to give you peace that passes understanding and he gives that to those whose mind are stayed on him. That is his promise to you. Everybody else in your family can be going crazy and you are sitting there at peace, not reacting, responding to the issues, right? But responding to the issues and not attacking the people, not reacting in any way, shape or form at all. That is what God has for you. My prayer for you, I, I want to encourage you to get the resource in your hand. And like I said, we're going to spend the next, um, I don't know, maybe four or so main podcasts. We'll have, like I said, we'll have some special ones in between. We're going to spend the next four or five or so main podcasts kind of talking a little bit about the book, some aspects of the book, a chapter or two in the book that was particularly um, either difficult for me to write or um, very meaning, meaningful for me. My prayer is that that when you uh, get the get the um, workbook uh, and the book, get the book and the workbook, um, that by the time you get to the end of your journey in waiting to be wanted, um, you will be just one step further than you are today. That is my prayer for you. I want you to know too that we have prayed for we have prayed for every single person that is going to read this book. Um, I was praying my way through the book. As well, praying for those who will be reading. My desire is to serve you well. I really want to serve you well and um, want to be value added to your life. That is my desire. So that's all. I'm not going to keep you long today. I really just kind of want to touch base, step back into the world, let you know we are still here. We are still broadcasting. We are still on um on task and on schedule with things. We just took a little bit, a little break. I hope you did as well. We need those rest moments. I tell you what, I, why don't you, I know that you probably have made some resolutions for this 2021. I still can't believe we are saying this, but 2021, why don't you make as part of your resolution, two things. One, enjoy every day. Just find a reason to to find something to rejoice over if you can, something that brings you joy, something that, that tickles your fancy, something that makes you smile. And also build in rest if you can. I want to encourage you. I was going to say challenge, but I don't want I don't want to say challenge. I want to encourage you to take at least two days a month where you are doing nothing. Um, my husband and I now, we have incorporated, I think we started sometime in, I don't know, 
uh, September, October, maybe October, we started doing pajama days where we would get up, we would take our showers, we do all the stuff that we would normally do, but we would get back in PJs and we are doing nothing else for the rest of the day, but relaxing and talking and laughing and vegging on the football game or whatever it is that's going on. I want to encourage you to just take some days. We're not on social media. We're disconnecting. We're doing all that. I want to take, I want to encourage you to take some time to do that, um, to be good to yourself, you know, to take advantage of the Sabbath that Jesus gave you. Alrighty, y'all. Well, I am going to sign off now. I, I usually end these things in prayer, and I do want to say a prayer for you as we get ready to go. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for every person who is listening to the podcast. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to to partner with you in the work that you're doing in their hearts, in their homes. Lord, I don't take it lightly. It's such a privilege, Father. Lord, I thank you for leading and guiding every single one who is listening, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that you are um, the God who loves them. You see them. You know them, Father God. You are well acquainted with every um every pain that and and emotional turmoil that they have endured lord god you have caught every tear that they have shed father god and father you are there in the moments of joy as well father i ask that you would just help them to be convinced of the height and depth and breadth of your love for them god help them to know that your love for them is very present that although Jesus dying on the cross is more than enough to convince us of your love, Father God, you, your love extends um, even further. You are there with them now, God. You are in their moments with them now. You love them today passionately, Lord God. You love them today lavishly. Lord God, you love them today sacrificially, God. You are a good father to them today, God. You are a good shepherd to them today. Father, remind them that they are not alone, that you are with them. Lord God, that they are not left to their own devices, that you give your wisdom liberally, Lord God. And they are not left to their own strength, Father God. You strengthen us, Lord. Thank you so much for your attentive care. Lord God, you are the God who sits high and looks low. And we're just so very thankful and grateful that we are called by your name. Thank you so much. I ask, Lord God, that you would just bless their families. Bless them in their families, Lord God. Cause them to flourish and to thrive and to bloom in the place where you have planted them, God. Lord, I pray that you would turn the hearts of their husbands towards them, God towards every mom who is listening, every wife who is listening, every mom-to-be who is listening, Lord God. Turn the hearts of their husbands toward them, Father God. Thank you so much for giving them listening ears and safe places, Lord God. Thank you for restoring them and giving them places of rest, Lord God, places of respite, places of care, Father. Thank you so much for attending to every single need, God. I thank you for that now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would like to order Waiting to be Wanted, A Stepmom's Guide to Loving Before Being Loved, and its companion workbook of the same name, you can do so at Amazon.com 
or you can order from the Stepmom Sanity website. That's stepmomsanity.com. I have to tell you, if you order it from the website, you'll get a couple of little extra goodies in the package with the books. You'll get a bookmark. You'll also get uh, some prayer cards. There's a section in the book called prayers for the waiting room. We decided to go ahead and print those prayers out so you don't have to carry the book around with you. You can just cut those prayers out and stick them in your purse. And there's a couple of little other goodies that you'll get with uh, your order from the Stepmom Sanity website. And if you are a retailer and you're interested in stocking waiting to be wanted on your shelves, you can order the book from ingramspark.com. Until next time, you all keep stepmomming in grace. Thank you again for being with us today. If this podcast has blessed you, don't miss another one. Take a moment to hit that subscribe button. Also, share this podcast with a stepmom needing encouragement. Join us on the journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stepmom Sanity. And don't forget, there's hope for stepmoms who are there, wherever you're there is, from stepmoms who've been there at StepmomSanity.com. We believe in you, sis, and we're here to bless you with what you need to flourish in your God-given role. Until next time, hugs and prayers.